Welcome back to the non-standard 14er podcast, the podcast that tells you everything the root description leaves out of a hiking Colorado's 14ers. We're doing our first pandemic um, stay-at-home order podcast, so we're doing it via Zoom. We got the Rye Guy joining us from Lakewood, Colorado. How's it going? Good to be back. Thank you for having me. We got the exiled Michigander joining a podcast. He's in Salt Lake. Hey-ho. We're in... in uh... Union with you in Colorado with staying at home orders. So, and then we got Jacer Jack and Tay Jack up in Evergreen. What's up? Hi. So last <laughs> trivia podcast we had uh, the Rye guy took down CTP Colorado Trail Patrick here at my house, and this is the second version of the non-standard 14er podcast trivia edition. So the format is going to be uh, six rounds, three questions per round. There'll be a midpoint question. And then at the end, it will be like Final Jeopardy. You can wager up to half your points. So we're doing a second version of 14er trivia. Six rounds of trivia pertaining to either mountaineering, 14ers, Colorado, Colorado history. Sweet. Sounds fun. Let's, uh, let's get this show on the road. All right. Let's see here. Put up my questions. I had a really good time making up these questions. Round one. I'll keep track of scores, but you need to write your answers. All right, guys. Cheers. 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 <laughs> All right. First question, round one. The category of round one is quarterback. Launched in 1999, the U.S. Mint's 50-state quarter program was a 10-year initiative that honored each of the nation's states in order in which they ratified the Constitution. Each quarter was minted for about 10 weeks and will never be made again. In 1999, Delaware, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Georgia, and Connecticut were the first five states for that year. It wasn't until 2006 when Colorado, the 38th state, released their quarter. On Colorado's quarter is the words Colorful Colorado, and it has some mountains on it. According to the artist, what 14er is on the Colorado quarter? Okay, so here we go. First question we have the exiled Mr. Gander said the Maroon Bells. Rye Guy said Pikes Peak. The Jacksons said Mount Evans. According to the artist, if you look at the Colorado quarter, the keyboard of the winds. Pagoda, Long's Peak, and Long's Peak are on the Colorado quarter. It's a jagged, really the keyboard of the winds is the prominent feature on the quarter. But the artist said it was a photo of the back of, of Long's. Wow. So it serves me right for not using cash much. <laughs> yeah. You get to look at the quarter or, or Google it and take a look. I seriously don't know the last time I touched one. It's been a while. I, yeah, I can't remember what it looks like. I of that Colorado quarter, which I know... I think you're not allowed to do. All right, let's see. So after one question, no one got it right. I stumped you. Long's Peak is a good one to put on the state quarter, though, I think. I mean, that's pretty representative of Colorado. True, but I would have figured Pikes Peak, you know, Pikes are bust, and, you know, America the Beautiful being yeah. right. I would have figured for sure that would have, would have been it. That was my first guess, That's but I got an elbow for that one. I, I knew it wasn't that one at least, because I remember You're the right. shape of it. You're right. Was it a Colorado artist? Do you know? Oh, I don't know. Because it'd be interesting. I mean, obviously, I don't know if each state like picked uh, an artist that's local, but it would make sense. That's a good question. Let me see. I have an article that was from the Summit Daily that I pulled this information from. Uh, let's see. Designer settled months of the debate by acknowledging the image is not a composite, but based on Long's Peak. Governor Bill Owens, he told, was told the image was symbolic was a symbolic mountain rather than a specific place. But the artist Len Buckley told the Associated Press he based it on a photo he took of Long's Peak, the highest peak in Rocky Mountain National Park. There you go. All right. I thought maybe these questions would be too easy. I'm glad I stumped you already. Stump. All right. Dun, dun, dun. Second question in round one, category quarterback. Long's Peak is not the only mountain above 14,000 feet depicted on a U.S. quarter dollar. 
What other peak with an elevation above 14,000 feet is on the back of a quarter? Sean's locked in, Rye Guy's locked in. Can I ask a clarification question? Yep. Is it a Colorado 14er? Is that what you, is that part of the question? Uh, it is not. All right, we got three guesses. The exiled Michigander said Rainier. Rye Guy said Mount Rainier. The Jacksons said Mount Rainier. Well done, it is Mount Rainier. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is the quarter, the state quarter of uh, Washington. Washington. It's also on their license plates too. I used to live up there for a little while. I always liked that. My second guess would have been Denali, but I, I originally wrote the question to say what other fourteener, because Rainier is a fourteener, but then I made it a little more broad to say above fourteen thousand, just so I could throw in uh, Denali. Denali, ha I looked that up. Denali has a grizzly bear and then has the North Star on its quarter. Mm. Yep. Washington has Rainier, and it has also has an animal in front of Rainier. Any guesses on what animal? Probably the orca. Is this a trivia question? Nope, this is just bonus. Bonus Order? knowledge. I'll go with the orca. Beaver. A bear. The king salmon. Breaching oh. the water. Oh, wow. salmon. I, I thought I remember being a fish, but a little smaller. All right. Ten points to all three teams. Nice job. <laughs> It's either a really small orca or a really large salmon. <laughs> you get that, you know, get a 55 pound king or something like that. Boy, I don't know. <laughs> All right. 10, 10, 10 after two questions. Not to be confused with some water in Colorado's mountains. Oregon's state quarter features the deepest lake in the United States. What is that lake on the Oregon quarter? Sean's locked in, Rye Guy's locked in. What? So quick. Gosh, they're so quick. It's gotta be quick on the draw, you know? The oh. only other deep one I know. I know it's wrong. So the exiled Michigander beat Rye Guy, timing-wise. Exiled Michigander said Crater Lake. Oh. Rye Guy said Crater Lake. The Jacksons guessed Lake Tahoe. <laughs> Deepest lake in the United States is Crater Lake. It always reminds me of the second lake up by the Maroon Bells. The mm -hmm. Crater Lake. They hike by in order, to, in order to climb the bells. That's hard. Crater Lake is correct. Like 1,900 feet deep, if I remember correctly, something like that. It's, it's Damn. significant. Nice job, guys. After round one, Rye Guy 20. Exiled Michigander, 20. The Jacksons, 10. All right. Everybody's game at this point. Anyone have any stories they want to inject about craters? <laughs> Crater lakes. <laughs> okay, no. All right, we'll move to round two. Round two, the category is passes. So if you're following along, the first round was quarterback and the second round was passes. Nice. That's all. Pretty good. <laughs> first question in round two. This mountain pass derives its name from a word meaning a reddish, muddy deposit in mining sluices. Sean's locked in. A ready, reddish, muddy deposit in mining sluices. Rye guy, still thinking? I don't think it's right, but it's what comes to mind. I'm going to go with it. And oh, there, I see it. Okay. I, and I did not spell that quite right. I'm not sure how that's spelled. All right. We got three answers locked in, including a question. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good trivia question. <laughs> what 14 has had the most dick pics taken from its summit? We were, it's got to be Gray's, right? <laughs> There's a lot more of those photobombing, take your shirt off and photobomb people now. Um, the Jacksons locked in with Cinnamon Pass. The Rye Guy locked in with Slumgallion Pass. The Exiled Michigander locked in with Slumgallion Pass. 
Slumgallion is correct. That muddy yeah. reddish. I was thinking it was killing me because I'm like, was good. yellowish that came down there, but I'm like, that's the only pass I can think of is named after something that's not a person. So, Cinnamon yeah, is a good guess. Slumgallion refers to some, some people call it Slumgallion stew, which is kind of just throw everything in a crock pot to mirror kind of the, the reddish, muddy runoff of mining, mining sluices. It's near, it's going from Creed to Lake City. Great, yep. amazing views. And my favorite views of Uncompagre and Wetterhorn. All off a of windy point over there. Yeah. yeah. Lots of moose and elk up in there, too. So, Right over Lake San Cristobal. <laughs> Biggest natural lake in Colorado. Fun trivia for you. Yeah, do you ever have a chance to do Slumgallion and stop and read the, read the earth flow uh, stuff and then see the Alfred Packer Memorial site? That's a, that's a good drive from Creed to Lake City. Highly recommended. All right, 10 for Rye Guy, 10 for Exiled Michigander. All right. Second question in round two. In the South Park episode, the return of the Fellowship of the Ring to the Two Towers. This is the one where they accidentally get a copy of a pornographic mag a video in the, in the uh, Fellowship of the Rings DVD, and they have to return it. A sign for this pass can be seen as the boys walk from South Park to neighboring towns to the neighboring town's video store. A sign for this Colorado Mountain Pass can be seen in the South Park episode. The return of the Fellowship of the Ring to the Two Towers. I have never watched a single South Park episode, so <laughs> we're just taking a guess. Uh, well, we got to think of what's, what's around the South Park area and the Fair Play area. That's pretty much what I was going for, yeah. Rye Guy locked in with Hoosier Pass. The Jacksons locked in with Kenosha Pass. The Exiled Michigander locked in with Kenosha Pass. The correct answer is Kenosha Pass. Woo! Hey! We got one. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Nice job, Kenosha Pass. And then the parody is when Butters is like the uh, Gollum character that's trying to find a precious. <laughs> I haven't seen that episode, but in the uh, Jerk Officer episode, I think Kenosha Pass is mentioned, right? Oh, really? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, they also go to Bailey at one point in that episode. I was trying to find some clips on YouTube. So. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> All right. Third question. In round two, during the year of 1879, this poet crossed the pass and described its summit with these words. I jot these lines liter literally at Kenosha Summit, where we return afternoon and take a long rest, 10,000 feet above sea level. At this immense height, the South Park stretches 50 miles before me mountainous chains and peaks in every variety of every perspective, every hue of every vista, fringe the view. So the whole Western world is, in a sense, but an expansion of these mountains. What poet wrote those words on the top of Kenosha Pass? What year was it again? 1879. That's a hard question. Yeah, I got to sprinkle in some tough ones. Rye Guy and Exiled Michigander are locked in. Okay, we're in. Normal, normal times, this poet comes up in Jeopardy. It's always in reference to his famous work, Le uh, what's the grass? Oh my gosh, I'm blanking. Leaves of Grass. Leaves of Grass, is that it? Okay, well, I, I got it right got there. It. Yep, Rye Guy, Walt Whitman, Exiled Michigander, Walt Whitman, the Jacksons guest, Emerson. Good guess. That was Walt Whitman was the one who penned those words on the top of Kenosha Pass. I had no idea you even visited out here. That's what I was thinking. That's a long way to come in 1879. I'm also not a poetry fan, so I'm like, oh. I was, I, I'm, Sean, I think we had the same idea. I was just sitting there thinking, you know, 1879, I'm like, who's alive then? And I'm going to pick a guess. 
That's what I did. It was because Walt Whitman, I knew, was like a stretcher carrier or something in the Civil War. And I was like, okay, he would have been probably still alive in 79. Yep. And I was like, Frost, that would be too early. And yep. yeah. And Emerson, I didn't feel like it was, you know, like, eh. good answer in general. Yeah. <laughs> Say that quote again about the mountains being all connected or whatever. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that poetic? Yeah. Mm hmm. Mountainous chains and peaks in every variety of perspective, every hue of vista, fringe the view. So the whole Western world is, in a sense, but an expansion of these mountains. That's a cool quote. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool in my research trying to come up with passes questions. Yeah, he, uh, he wrote those, wrote those uh, words and then went down to the Pony Expresso and had a, had a Colorado microbrew, I think. <laughs> you ever stop at the pony expresso i have it oh right there in jefferson great stop it's like an old railroad or old school or something get a get a latte or a beer i need to more often i'm always i mean i'm always heading out of the san juans or whatever and i'm just like i gotta get out there so i prefer the big hot dog there oh coney island oh in bailey yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. after round two Rye guys got 40. Exiled Michigander has 50. The Jacksons have 20. Still anybody's game. Anyone's yeah. game. Is there a penalty for answering wrong? We're not getting subtracted, are we? Nope. So. Otherwise, we'd be in the negative. <laughs> Only on final. Do we wager on the midterm, the mid-round question? Nope. It's slightly different, but there's no wager. Okay. It's a four-part question. All right. Are we ready for round three? Yeah. Round three. The category is periodically climbing the 14ers. Mm, I have a feeling I know where you're going with this. Periodically. Let us in, begin. In 2012, some hikers in Colorado hiked chairs to the summits of some 14ers so they could take a picture of themselves beside that empty chair, holding a sign saying, I climbed a 14er with this person. What was the year? 2012. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's so funny? Is that a guess? That's all I can think of. <laughs> Is that a bad guess? <laughs> That's funny though. They locked in Harambe, the, the gorilla that was shot. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Wow. Awesome. <laughs> 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 All right, Jackson, you got a guess? Oh yeah, we That was our guess, was... I guess. <laughs> Harambe, final answer. <laughs> I like that guess. <laughs> That's the, the, category, the title of the episode. Harambe, final answer. <laughs> All right, I'll give you a, we'll, we'll call it at that. Uh, Sean is definitely on the right track. 2012 was a presidential election year. Does that give you any better? Yes. Do I get half credit for that then? Clint Eastwood, uh, that's a good guess because he spoke to an empty chair during that one speech. Oh, gosh. Not Clint Eastwood. Romney, not Obama either? Romney's running mate was quoted saying he climbed over like 40-some 14ers. And people called him out on it and said, show us some pictures. And so there was a social media movement that said, take an empty chair to the summit, take a photo, and said, I climbed a 14er with Paul Ryan. Interesting. Oh, wow. Damn it. I had no idea that happened. I remember the Clint Eastwood thing when she mentioned it. I had no idea that anybody hauled a chair up there to take photos. I like Harambe better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you guys should get at least five points for Harambe. <laughs> uh, Sean guessed pre President Obama. It was a good guess. He was thinking presidential election year. The, the, uh, the debate was out here at University of Denver. Uh, In an Atlantic uh, article, Vice President potential hopeful Paul Ryan said he climbed over 40 of Colorado's 14ers and people called bullshit. And then he eventually said he climbed about 20 of them, different unique 14ers, but had some repeats. 
And he had some trips where he didn't actually summit. So, hmm. Paul Ryan. That. Although many people I saw on social media just drove up to Pikes Peak <laughs> with a lawn chair. <laughs> Lame. Didn't actually hike it up. So I stumped all three teams on that question. That hurt. Yeah, Sean was on a roll. He had five in a row. All right. Now we're going periodic. Any idea what the question's about? I feel like if you're doing that, you got to be, uh, you know, 14ers with an element or something in their name. It was mm. my guess, but. Okay. You're on the right track there, Rye Guy. Question two. In Leadville, they have periodic brewing. PB. PB is the chemical symbol for lead. From the Latin plumbum, where we get the modern day plumber. You can spell the names of two 14ers using the following element symbols. So on your pad, here are the elements. You have to figure out what their symbols are and then spell two 14ers. Okay. Ready? Yep. Iodine. Einsteinium. Osmium. Sulfur. Bromine. Potassium. Phosphorus. You only use the letters once, and there's no mountain or peak or mountain. It's just the name. So, for instance, if it was Wetterhorn, you would just spell Wetterhorn, not Wetterhorn Peak. Remember, some chemical symbols have more than two or more than one letter with them. Some chemical symbols are from the Latin. So, what you think might be a English letter would be a really different letter. Sean's locked in. Rye guy's locked in. That was a cruel question, man. That's rough. I mean, I love science, but whoa. I didn't even know osmium was an element. I've never even heard of that before. Mm -hmm. It's one of the noble metals, if I remember correctly. Pretty rare. And stenium is artificial, so that's another weird one. This actually took me a long time to actually do this. There's a lot of ones you can't spell with symbols. So I started to try to like spell Wetterhorn and you, there's no um, T's, I don't think. Like tungsten is W. Mm -hmm. No, titanium's T, right? Is it? No, it's T-I. Uh, hold on, tungsten CI. I have a periodic table that I can bring up now that we're done. All right, we got questions locked in. Iodine is I. Potassium is K. Phosphorus is P. Einsteinium is ES. Spells pikes. Bromine oh. is BR. Osmium is OS. Sulfur is S. <laughs> Got one. You were right on Brass. Oh, I guess Brass. Dang See, it. I locked into the K, and I'm like, there's only a couple mountains that have K, and I'm like, oh, Kit Carson. Ah, that's why you, you oh, saw the K potassium link, Kit Carson. I did. I, the second I saw that, I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, okay. I totally forgot about the fact that in the middle of the name Pikes. Yeah, because the letters didn't quite line up, and I'm like, well, I'm, I don't know on Stanium off the top of my head, so. Ugh. The exiled Michigander got it right. Said Bross and Pikes. Nice. Well done. Nice job, exiled Michigander. I think uh, Jacksons were on the same same wavelength as you, Rye Guy. They saw the K of potassium, and they also had Kit Carson in their guess. Little Bear was a fat finger. I hit. I had it written out, meant to hit backspace, and I hit enter. So. I was thinking Little Bear too, cause just because it's B E A R is short, so I thought maybe that was it, but. Good question. 
Speaking of short, dropping Mount or Peak from the names, what's the shortest spelled 14er in Colorado? Hmm. Question three. What's the shortest spelled 14er? No Peak, no Mount, just the actual name. Look at, look at Sean's eyes going I got it, I got it. through the mountains in his head. <laughs> yeah, no, I was going to say thing. I was like, uh... Oh, nice. Isn't that it? I think that's it. I think you're right. Good job. Is this a question? That's a question, yeah. The Jacksons got it. Yeah, babe. Yeah! Hold on here. I'm really struggling with this one. Well, there's multiples I'm finding. I'm trying to walk through and see if there's anything I can find that's even shorter. I'll give you 10 more seconds, Rye Guy. Taylor and Jace got that really fast. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I was like, boy, they've been slowpokes this whole time, but boy, Ooh. They, hit the, they hit the afterburners on this one. Uh, All the same. Five. Yep, That's you're what at five. I kept coming up with. All right. I I'll can't call really it. Hear. There's one that has only four. Rye Guy's correct. There's Pikes is five, Longs is five, Grays is five, Evans is five, Bross is five. Oh, What's yeah, four, Taylor? Yale. Yale. Oh. oh, yeah. Got the Rye Guy. Oh, man. Freaking. I was, I was this close to giving up. I said the thing, I'm like, I can't go under five. I'm like, every single thing, I'm like, five, five, five. I'm like, even Holy Cross, like. Holy? <laughs> yeah. I was sitting like, holy, what? Well, no, we got to have the cross in there because that's, you know, I was like, oh, man. I was thinking San Luis. I'm like, okay, San, nope, that's not mountains. So that's, you know, like, but that's, uh, anyway. Okay. No, yeah, I was pleased with that question when I came up with it. That's a good question. Yeah, that was good. Rye got stumped that round. That was the last one. One last one, Jackson. Exiled Michigander got Yale, and the Jacksons got Yale. Good job, Sean. Exiled Michigander's doing well. After round three, Rye Guy 40. Exiled Michigander 70. The Jacksons are 30. Told you. That history Tell history major, man. Well history masters. All right, time for our midpoint question. The midpoint question consists of a four-part question. You will get four points for each of the correct ones answered. You only get four guesses, or one guess per, per. You'll see in a second. The midpoint question forces you to match the trailhead with the 14er. Okay. There could be more than one answer on some. About to say, what about non-standard routes or you know, how's that? Here is the first trailhead. Zapata Falls. Number two, Denny Creek. What trailhead feeds what 14er? Denny Creek. Number three, East Dallas Creek. Where does the East Dallas Creek Trailhead send you off to, up a 14,000 foot peak? Got some smiles out there. Yeah, on that one. The fourth one is Stewart Creek. Rye Guy's got 16 points. Got all four of them. That third one is a little bit of a, almost a, I don't know, I won't say anything, I'm still guessing here. It's non-standard. Exiled Michigander's got 16. It's got them all right. It's a, it's a beautiful one, I'd argue, too. If you haven't done it, definitely do it. The Jacksons. Zapata Falls goes to Blanca and Ellingwood. Denny Creek, is that what you did, how you did Yale, Jacksons? Depends, <laughs> is Yale the correct answer? Yale is the correct answer, yep. Yes. But is that how you – didn't you do Denny Creek this summer? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We did uh, Avalanche Gulch, which is a, little, yeah. a couple miles up, the, up that same road. 
Mm-hmm. Yep, Denny Creek goes to Yale. East Dallas Creek is on the backside of Ridgeway, which feeds into the backside of Blue Lakes, which feeds to Schnaffles. Dang it. Dang it. It's also the standard trailhead, though, for Dallas itself, and you can also go up to uh, Gilpin. Uh, are those both centennials? Uh, Dallas is, yes. Gilpin's a bicentennial. Nice job, Rye Guy, Exile Michigander. Snowmass, that was a good guess. What's the trailhead at Snowmass? Snowmass Lake on the uh, east and on the west, it's uh, Lead King Basin. Oh, King Basin, yeah. Damn. Yep. Geneva Lake. Oh, yeah, he's a wealth of knowledge. And then Stewart Creek. San Luis. One of the most remote 14ers. That's, yep, on the Colorado Trail, San Luis. I think it's a trailhead, trailhead for Stewart Peak, which is right next door. <laughs> That's funny. What's the other, if you do Snef, or, uh, San Luis Peak from the west, what's that trailhead? Creed side? Creed. Yeah, that's what's the, the uh, equity mine. Dang. Never done that side. I'd like to do that side sometime. I'd really like to do Blue Lakes. If I had a chance to do any of those, I, I want to do Blue that. Lakes. East yeah, Dallas Creek. East, East Dallas is amazing. The Sneffels Highline Trail, the views of Telluride and the Wilson Group is mind-blowing. That'd be cool. Have you done that at Southwest Ridge, right, guy? The Sneffels? No, I, I use that to do uh, Dallas itself. So we got up to the saddle and looked over at Sneffels and was like, whoa. So, but yeah, you can. The, the trail peels off. So if you go Dallas, you go left. And if you're going Sneffels, you just keep going straight. And they call it the Sneffels Highline Trail. Beautiful San Juan uh, backcountry up in there. All right. After the midpoint formula, Rye Guy's got 56. Sean, the exiled Michigander, has 86. The Jacksons have 42. Can we catch them? Got the final question. It's, you can wager half your points, though. So yeah. You're still all, in it. You know, all in. What is it called? All, yeah, Truth all in. Round four is hodgepodge. Ooh. First question in round four. In 1929, Going the 22 miles on his hands and knees up Pike's Peak while burning through 21 pairs of canvas gloves. Bill Williams, on a $500 wager from hometown friends, pushed this item up Pike's Peak with his nose. Harambe. <laughs> <laughs> I think you need more than your nose. Right. Final answer. <laughs> $500 bet back in 29 is a hefty wager. Of course, you got to push an object up Pike's Peak with your nose. I want to know how, why you hated yourself that badly to do that. Yeah. Like, man. There's been two other people that have done the feat. Two other people have done it a lot shorter time than the 21, or sorry, about the 21 days Bill Williams took. I think you should go for that record this summer. <laughs> the record's like, it's only like four days. What? Whoa. So, exiled Michigander said peanut. Rye guy said peanut. Jackson's guest basketball. There was a basketball, high school basketball team that did dribble basketballs up the road in 1995 to raise money for their school. That is what we're thinking, you know. That is a Pikes Peak record. It is a peanut. What? Bizarrely not the only mountaineer to shove a legume up a mountain. Ulysses <laughs> Baxter did it in 1963, and he, he hired a band to serenade him on top of Fikes Peak when he got there. <laughs> Took him over a little over a week. Then a University of Colorado student, Tom Miller, broke the record in 1976 in four days, 23 hours, and 47 minutes, pushing a peanut. <laughs> up Pike's Peak. Can you imagine getting like right close to the summit and a marmot comes out and like grabs your peanut <laughs> and runs <laughs> yeah. and you're like, no, the peanut. Well, no, at that point it just turned into a relay race. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that with his nose too? So uh, there's a special, I think people develop some sort of instrument that comes off your nose uh, as a way to, okay. but I couldn't find any pictures of that. I have to do some Googling. <laughs> I want proof. I want evidence. Well, that's cheating if you have some sort of prosthetic thing to help you push exactly. the peanut. 
Yeah, I was thinking. So I was doing, uh, my next question was going to be about, uh, the, the hint was going to be Peanut, and the answer was going to be Charles Schultz, <laughs> who is the author of the comic strip Peanuts, who actually lived in Colorado Springs for about nine, nine months at one point in his life. I, I stumbled upon that in my research. Second question in round four. This 14er was named by an unknown miners for its likeness to an associate justice of the Supreme Court of Colorado and Colorado's first U.S. congressman with bright red hair. Oh, oh. You know it, you know it. The Jacksons are locked in. Exile Michigander's locked in. Rye guy at the very end just throws in Belford. Belford is correct. The Jacksons got Belford. Exiled Michigan. I had to run through them all. Like, oh, it took me a minute. Belford was a strong advocate for free coinage of silver. He had bright red, fiery hair and earned him the nickname Redheaded Rooster of the Rockies. <laughs> so that red, reddish outcropping of rock on the summit of Belford reminds people of Belford's the hair. red hair. See, it's funny because initially when you said the red hair, I actually thought crest stones because that was the whole thing of like a rooster. Rooster. That was, yep, that was where they got there. And I'm like, oh, but the rock's not right. And it wouldn't, that area wasn't named after any of it. Like, oh, yeah, that was why it's taking me. Man. I was literally like running through the ranges. Going, which one is it? Okay. Did we all get that one? Uh, no. Exile Michigander didn't. So they got some ground on the leader. Question three in round four. There's a sign on a Colorado 14er that says this text right below this person's name. Here is the text below the person's name. This shelter commemorates a Colorado mountaineer conquered by winter after scaling the precipice January 12, 1925. And you're looking for the name of the peak, correct? Nope, I'm looking at the name of the the um, person, the person's name that commemorates, and below that person's name is the text that says, this shelter commemorates a Colorado mountaineer conquered by winter after scaling the precipice January 12, 1925. Not 100% sure on the spelling there, Chris. <laughs> right, guys, locked in. The exiled Michigander says, well, I won't. if I gave you, I'll call it here, but I'll give you a hint just to see if you can get it anyway. There is also a waterfall near Princeton named after this female. Oh, we've been there. I just don't remember who it was. Yeah, I hiked, I hiked to it with you. Yeah, who doesn't help me out? A terrible accident there a few years ago, too. Agnes Vale. Yeah, yeah. Agnes Vale Shelter there on the Keyhole Route of Longs has Agnes Vale Waterfall near Princeton. Big mountaineer, one of the first to climb Longs Peak in the winter, and then unfortunately died January twelfth, nineteen twenty-five, on the way down. And then some another a second person trying to rescue her also perished on Longs. So there's that beehive-looking shelter right by the Keyhole. That commemorates Agnes Walcott Vale, V A I L L E. Hmm. Ten points for the Rye Guy. For, I knew the job, shop, Rye Guy. I didn't think of her name. I thought you were. I thought you were asking for the peak, and I was like, "Oh, Long's Peak." I knew that instantly. I just couldn't think of the name of it. So. Nice comeback, Rye Guy. He put a goose egg up in round three, and then went three for three in round four. Nice job. Got to give Sean some, uh, you know, a little bit of a challenge here. Sean has 96. Rye Guy has 86. Ooh. Jackson's got 52. Nipping, nipping at the heels. Here we go. Round five. Category in round five, National Parks. Yeah, buddy. There are 58 National Parks in the United States. There are four of them in Colorado. Name those four. Rye guys locked in. The Jacksons have three of four so far. 
That fourth run's underrated. I'll, I'll give you that. It's it is. Do we have to get all four to get the whole question right? Is it all or nothing? I'll give you yeah partial credit. I'll give you I'll give you uh, eight points for three or four. Like I'm, I don't even know if I got three, but that's my final answer. All right, so Rocky Mountain is correct. One of them, the Great Sand Dunes, ah, is the second. The newest, too. Green Table. What? Mesa Verde. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that look on your face was priceless. <laughs> I thought you were talking about green, you know, like Table Mountain and Golden. I was like, that is not an animal park. Mesa Verde. I said Mesa Grande, but not close enough. Can't give the you table. a table. Uh, the big table. The Monument National Park. You're thinking Grand Junction area is not a national park, though. It's the Monument or whatever. Okay. National Monument. Last one underrated, I think, near Montrose. The Black, Black Canyon, Canyon of Gunnison. Yes! Oh, fantastic. So what were they again? Black Canyon, Rocky Mountain, Mesa Verde, and what was the fourth one? Great Sand Dunes in the shadow the of the Dunes. Ten for the Jacksons. Two for Sean. Rye Guy, got them all. Damn. Ten for the Rye Guy. Quickly, too. You could hear this just keyboard chattering right away. It's a classic 20-year-old keyboard. I love it. Click on the draw. Going with national parks. Of the 58 national parks in the United States, what is the most visited national park in the United States? Rocky Mountain was third on the list in 2019. What is first on the list according to National Geographic? Most visited national park. Rye guys locked in. Exiled Michiganders locked in. Sorry. Oh, all right. Same text. Jackson's said Yosemite. Rye guy and exiled Michigander guessed the other Y. Yellowstone. The correct answer. Great Smoky Mountains. Oh. What? No way. Lame. No way, right? Really? Is that where Mount Rushmore is? No, it's, no, it's down to Tennessee. To, like southeast. Oh, it's oh, wow. populated, so there are more, more visitors per population really? in that area yeah. of the country. That's wow. why Yosemite's a good guess. You know, you get all those, you know, Yosemite's what, three and a half hours from L.A.? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. More That's nappy, what yeah. Thinking. That's why we were thinking when Yosemite, because there's so many people. Yeah. Great oh, Smokies had 11.4 visit more. 11.4 million. The Grand Canyon was second on the list at 6.4. Rocky Mountain. Rocky Mountain, 4.6 million. Yellowstone was fourth. Yosemite was fifth. Good wow. job, everyone. Wow. That's a tricky one. Great Smokies. Boy, why bother there? Just come back to Colorado when we're having a forest fire. <laughs> <laughs> the not so great Smokies. So yeah. I get that gets like three times the visitors of Rocky Mountain National Park. Isn't That's that crazy? Amazing. You think there's some oh, sort real. of counting error or? Maybe they're better off keeping track of people through the gate than a lot of a lot of entrances and exits in Rocky Mountain, or what? I don't know. Wow. Do they do they limit visitors? I know they were talking about going to a permitting uh, program for Yosemite. You think that's do they do they permit entrance at any of those other ones? <laughs> they actually pay you if you go to Great Smoky Mountain. <laughs> there it is. That's what it is. Tennessee, yeah, they're they're paying you. Here, come to our state, spend money here. We'll we'll pay you to go visit the park. Oh, okay. Oh, that was a, I thought it was a bottle of moonshine when you got done. Oh, it's moonshine. Sign me up. Not even labeled. Strawberry soaked in moonshine. Ooh. So I stumped you there on that question. No points for anybody. The third question in our national parks category. Two of the United States national parks are not in the U.S., but in U.S. territories. Name the two U.S. territories that have national parks. Deeper in the rounds, man. They got to get tougher. And then spell them with periodic element symbols. 
Bullshit. <laughs> so I get to use the table, uh, you know, can I pull it to fit? <laughs> you thinking of Atlantis? <laughs> <laughs> mythical, oh, mythical city of Atlantis? The casino? Wow. <laughs> Is that the one where Cartman goes through a slide through a shark tank? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's true. There's like an underwater uh, national park off the coast of Florida that's in international. Well, I mean, be in Florida's waters, but could be international waters as well. It's like a diving, you know, for scuba diving, like a national park underwater. Oh, I'll have to look that up. Rye guy guessed Puerto Rico and Guam. Exile Michigander guessed Puerto Rico and Guam. The Jacksons guessed Puerto Rico and the one underwater off the coast of Florida. <laughs> the correct answer, U.S. Samoa and the U.S. Virgin Islands has a national park. I nope. Puerto Rico had one as well. I could swear they did. There's a national monument. Guam and Puerto Rico were literally the only two U.S. territories that could come up with. <laughs> yeah, no, that's why I said the thing, and I'm like, I thought I, I, Guam was a gas. I'm like, yeah, World War II, but wow. Afterward, five rounds. Jacksons have 62. Exiled Michigander has 98. Rye Guy has 96. Ooh, man, it's close. A partial credit that I gave for the monuments two points difference it's huge we have 72 because we had the 52 and then we got belford and then the national parks there we go okay. i think we're at 72 so we got 72 I think so. 98 for exile michigander 96 for rye guy not that it matters we're still getting smoked anyway <laughs> i'll take a I'll take everything we can get as long as you're within half of your points to the to the uh, and there's a three person game, so anything can happen in final. I still think they should get five points for the Harambe answer. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. A multiplier. All right, round six. Very short question. But what county in Colorado has the most 14ers? What county has the most 14ers? Jacksons are locked in. Rye guy guessed Puerto Rico. <laughs> That's his last question. <laughs> Chaffee County is correct. Nice. Rye guy got Chaffee County. Jacksons got Chaffee. Although Sawatch Range 14ers, there's like 13 or so in Chaffee County. It's by far, I think Pickin has seven or so. But by far, yeah, Chaffee County. But yeah, Chaffee, well, Chaffee's big enough. They have to have two search and rescue divisions just because, you know, they can't cover all of them effectively so they got north and south did everybody get that no exile michigan or guess sam juan <gasps> we're gaining oh, that's a good guess sam juan actually fun fact does not have a 14er in it yeah there's a lot of them that that, that, that the the county demarcation is like the ridge is the port like, okay so yeah it's summit. San, san juan's tallest point is vermilion it does not oh, have a 14er in it and that's silverton hinsdale on the other hand has five uh, Mineral has one, and then uh, let's see here. Uh, Ure County has Sneffels, and then Telluride's got three. Mm -hmm. So what was second? I think Good job Pick on Chaffee County. Pickin was second. Do you think Pickin would be second? Yep, because you've got all the Elks. But it's funny how quickly some of those some of those fourteeners that are really close together, like one will be in a different county. The actual sum will be a different county than the other two. Well, here's a fun one. Like the Crestones, Crestones East Peak is over in Custer County, but the West Peak is in Sawatch. So huh. it's actually, it's literally the Red Gully splits. Splits the counties. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yep. No, there's quite a few that are actually like that. But yeah, Chafee's, Chafee's the king. Well, I, rec I recognized that when we were hiking, looking at the trail uh, of uh, Maroon for Pat's finisher two, two summers ago. And we, you're like in Gunnison for a while, and then you – you cross over that ridge on the other side of Mar Maroon and you're in another county for most of the day. Yep. Yeah, Pickin versus Gunnison right there. Same, and same thing for uh, Castle. Castle, it's like right – in fact, I think it goes right over the summit, if I recall correctly. No, dude, that's really why they call it Chafee County because if you uh, try and do them all in one go, you're going to get a little Chafee. <laughs> 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 that's 
Well done. Nice nod, dude. We haven't had a nod, dude, for a while. Rye guy takes the lead. Damn. Jackson's edged up on the exiled Michigander. Two questions left before the final. Question two in round six. Packborough racing is a sport indigenous to the state of Colorado to celebrate the state's mining heritage. In the early days of mining, the Colorado miners would take their burrows, which is Spanish for the word donkeys, through the mountains while prospecting. In 2012, Packborough Racing was recognized as the official summer heritage sport in Colorado. In a typical Packborough race, a runner and a burrow travel a prescribed course together with the runner leading the burrow on a rope. Riding of the burrow is not allowed. Burrows must also carry a pack saddle with 33 pounds and these three items. See, I thought you were asking, going to ask what pass they go up and over. Well, there's the there's a bunch of Packboro races. There's the Triple Crown, which is the Fair Play and the Leadville and the Buena Vista right, races. Yeah. That's the whole get your ass over the pass. Get your ass over the pass. The, the, the motto of Georgetown is run your ass off. Yep. The three items that must be on your burrow, along with 33 pounds, are a pick, a gold pan, and a shovel, shovel. Ta Jackson's and the exiled Michigander were all correct. Hammer, not a hammer. Well, shovel. Rock. I mean, rock. I don't know. I feel like I should get some credit for that. It's mining hammer. <laughs> I should have said rock to be fair, but no, it's a pick, pick, pan, and shovel. Pick, well, pan is a sluice, but I'm I'm criticizing your hammer. <sighs> <laughs> come on ha hammer from shawshank redemption the little rock hammer come on <laughs> if you if you gave if you gave that michigander two for the monument okay, no, I'll, give you, I'll give you partial 10 for the exiled michigander 10 for the jacksons and i'll give you six partial credit fry guy okay i'm gonna say i'm like come on kill me here smalls Wait, what, what was the answer hammer and sluice no no pick pan and shovel yeah, but what was Rye Guy's answer? Sluice, shovel, and hammer. Hammer. A sluice is not the same as a pan. Sluice is. That's what you use to take when you're sluicing it. Yeah, yeah. isn't that the same as a pan? I'm criticizing the hammer. No, no. A sluice is what you it's like a artificial pan. But I'll I'll let it go, but I don't I don't think that should count, but I'll let it go. <laughs> Let's see here. Let's Google sleuth. Are we going to Google sleuth? So it, the sleuth really... is where it goes through. You, the water runs and it goes through different levels. Oh, different yeah. versus a hand pan where you're actually yeah. big. Because if we accept sleuth as pan, Rye Guy has a two-point lead. If we don't accept sleuth as pan, it's even. Dead even with Rye Guy and the exiled Michigander. This is a sleuth. Well, just Google sleuth and see what comes up. Yeah, that doesn't look it's like a box. pan. Dang. Serves so the same purpose though. Maybe maybe one. But that's uh, not what a donkey has to carry. The whole point is what does it carry on the race? Let's see. These are the sluices. There's the sluice in my boot. <laughs> I'll make it a ruling. Sleuth is not a pan. You can't have a sleuth <laughs> on your donkey. That's gonna put Rye Guy the same exact amount. 108. Eggs out Michigander, 108. It puts the Jacksons at 92. Damn, you guys are catching up. All right, last question before the final. Last trivia podcast, we had the Rye Guy face Colorado Trail Patrick. And the final questions were before and after, where there was a either trailhead or 14er name and it dovetailed into the extra clue. So it was like Alec Baldwin Gulch or a Crestone needle in a haystack. 
Oh gosh. This one is a before and after and after. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is huge going into final. Last I'm sorry, keeps muting me. I'm trying to participate. Okay, you can mute me. <laughs> Here is the before and after and after. So three answers dovetailed the end of the one dovetails to the beginning of the, of the middle, and the end of the middle dovetails to the beginning of the third. The northernmost 14er in the Sawatch range with a saying about irrevocably committing to a course of action and a spot for skinny dipping near 14ers. Three clues. Northernmost 14er goes with a saying about irrevocably committing to a course of action. The third clue is a spot for skinny dipping near 14ers. Northernmost Sawatch 14er, a saying for irrevocably committing to a course of action. And then a spot for skinny dipping. Irrevocably committing to a course of action? Yep. Is this all or nothing, or is there partial credit involved? This is all or nothing. All right. I was very pleased with this, by the way. It took me a while to come yeah, up that's with a, That's a clever one. If, if you get the saying, it would really unlock it, I think. A saying for doing something you can't come back from, irrevocably committing to a course of action. Same boat as the Jacksons here, trying to figure out that middle one. This is where the history major came in again. I don't, we're missing the middle one, I think. Yeah. yeah, I'm in the same boat. It's kind of the key to unlocking it. All right, call it. Yeah. Just for uh, your own trivia's sake, if I told you the saying involves Julius Caesar. Julius Caesar, oh man. Julius Caesar marched his army across the Rubicon from which we develop the saying, crossing the Rubicon is a path. Once you cross the Rubicon, you can't go back. You've committed to your course of action. Never heard it. Never heard it. Really? I haven't either. The before and after after is Mount of the Holy crossing the Rubicon Nundrum Hot Springs. Yep. Dang. Yeah. Ours is pretty close. You're, you're on the right track. I, I like that. Mount of the Holy cross your heart, soul, hot springs. Whole, no, springs. no, we said holy amount of the holy cross your heart springs. <laughs> and Hartzell. Okay. Is there Hartzell Hot Springs? I don't think so. Oh, you just made that up? <laughs> yeah. I thought there was. Is there? I don't know. If there is, then that's applicable. Yeah, cross your heart was a was a clever a clever attempt. Sean, the exiled Michigander, sneaks into the lead before the final question. Sean. I'm impressed that you knew that phrasing. Uh, well, once you knew cross the Rubicon. The northernmost 14 are in Sawatch you should get. Yeah. Holy Cross, yep. Yeah, Holy Cross is fine, and I, I even, we even said, Jason and I were like, it's got to be Conundrum Hot Springs, but how does that Hartzell fit? does have yet. Oh, corrected. Chris, if Hartzell has Hot Springs, which we knew, Hartzell Hot Springs, wait, you're back a little bit. Oh, Hartzell okay. Hot Springs. Can't give it to you. Going into the final question, Rye Guy's got 108. Exiled Michigander has 118. The Jacksons have 92. This is the final question. You can rager up to half your points. The category is Colorado in film. So we have to decide how much to wager, of course, before we hear the question. Yep, saying. and yet, so text me or chat me, you are wager. You can wager up to half. Some serious math going over here with Sean. Yeah, right. man. Uh, again, the history major is not going to be probably doing that well at math. <laughs> That's right. Interesting wager, Rye Guy. Sean? Teasery in there. The final question. You must get all correct. Got to run the gauntlet here. The final question. Colorado was used as a backdrop for many films over the years. I will give you the year of the film, an actor in the film. You tell me the movie. So these movies had some scenes, at least filmed in some of, some of Colorado. I give you the year, I give you an actor. All or nothing. The first one, 2015. 
had Samuel L. Jackson. The second came out in 1969 and had John Wayne. The third also came out in 1969 and had Robert Redford. The final movie came out in 1993 and featured Sylvester Stallone. I'm surprised Dumb and Dumber wasn't on there. <laughs> I thought about doing a fifth. It'd be some of those scenes shot in Breckenridge and shot up in the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park. Leave Dumb and Dumber came out in 94. So I'll, I'll add that one. 94, Jim Carrey. <laughs> the all or nothing, nothing makes that really tough because mm -hmm. especially the movies from 69. Yeah. Are we all stumped? Should we mm. add more actors? Wouldn't hurt. I agree. I've got three. I can't figure out the third or the fourth. If you, can I can I change my answer since I gave you since I typed mine in already? All the I didn't see yet. If you give me more clues, yeah, I'll know and lock in yet. Okay. Along with Robert Redford was Paul Newman in 1969. Along with Samuel L. Jackson in 2015 was Kurt Russell. You guys are good. You guys are good. Still waiting for Rye Guy, or do I miss your answers, Rye Guy? No, I just can't figure out the third one. These are... Yeah, that other 69 one is a tough one. Like, the first, the, the second one, like, I've been up there to the filming location. I've been to the cafe. Like, that's... Yep, True Grit Cafe. All three people got the True Grit, right? Yep. Was only, John Wayne won an Oscar for that role, and then was later reprised by uh, Jeff Bridges in yeah. the remake. I drove Owl Creek Pass just about two years ago and, you know, photographed the whole area there by the rock and the hanging scene and all that. I believe uh, earlier podcast when we did Sneffels, we talked about Ure and how they filmed some of the scenes from the 1969 True Grit in the Ure courthouse. Mm -hmm. I believe that's the last time Jace Nodded me. 2015, it was a, um, well, who you know? Tarantino, sorry, Quentin Tarantino did The Hateful Eight. That scene opens up with Mount Wilson in the back with this ominous music and a weird looking like Jesus looking figure carved into the tree and yes. Hateful Eight. All three got Hateful Eight. 1969, John Wayne, True Grit Cafe in Ridgeway. They honor the filming of True Grit. The Stallone movie that was filmed some in, near the Durango area, I believe. Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger was the Stallone movie. And then this, I thought, was the most, the hardest. 1969 Western with Paul Newman, Robert Redford, was Butch Cassidy. And the fun oh, dance so kid. Damn. John got that correct. John got all of them correct? Yeah. Oh, wow. good job, good Sean. Good job, Sean. Wow. Egg Michigander nailed it. Oh. How, many, how much did he bet? Exile Michigander bet 45. Woo! Rye Guy bet 15. And the Jacksons bet 46. So that moves the Exile Michigander to 163. The Jacksons to 46. Rye Guy finishes in second with 93. Good job, everybody. Nice. Guys, that was fun. It really came down to that one film. Like, that could yeah. have gone either way. Yeah, Bush Cassidy and Sundance Kid was that solidified the Exiled Michigander's victory in the second non standard 14er podcast trivia episode. Good job, Sean. And I, I think, um, was uh, John Wayne's last film, The Shootist? I think it was like 1978 or something. Was that filmed in Colorado? I have no idea. Is that. That was the one I was really torn between True Grit and The Shootist. Um, and then the Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, um, I would have guessed uh, Jeremiah Johnson. But I knew Jeremiah Johnson was filmed in Utah. But that would have been oh, a good guess. Oh, that would have been a tricky one, yeah. If you hadn't mentioned Paul Newman. Paul Newman won it for you. Yeah. 
Paul Newman threw me off. I said, cool hand, Luke. I just threw it out there. That was a good guess. That was good. I definitely the, um, the Utah County stuff, when you're not living in Colorado anymore, you kind of forget the County and the geography and stuff, but so you guys whipped me there, but. No, you did great. Clearly. Yeah. You whipped awesome. us everywhere yeah. else. You killed it. It was fun. That was yeah. really like podcast great questions. a fun activity. And thanks for putting all that together, Chris. Yeah, man. You're welcome. It was fun meeting you, Rye Guy. Pleasure as well, Sean and uh, Taylor and Jace. Good to, good to virtually see you guys again. And Chris, Thank obviously. You, well. Hang in there. All right, guys. All right. Thanks. Be good. Guys. Stay healthy. You too. See Sounds you guys. good. Take care, guys. Yeah. Thanks for having me. See ya. See ya.